We live in a time where chaos and confusion continually grow. We know that we're in over our heads, so we look for a hero. We look for someone to come in on a white horse and save us from all of our woes. We're so desperate, we'll even make up heroes. As life gets crazier and spins out of control, we bounce from one hero to the other because, hey, that's how we roll. We'll take somebody who can play a sport and we'll put them up on a pedestal just because they can kick, throw, catch, shoot, or hit a ball. It doesn't matter to us if they're adulterers, murderers, rapists, or thieves. They can lie, steal, cheat, find any way to deceive. Still, we call them gladiators of the modern day. And we'll pay our good money just to go watch them play. Or we'll go to the movies to see our favorite stories and characters and stars. And they fake it so well that we actually enjoy paying for their mansions, boats, and cars. They do such a great job pretending to be somebody else and faking doing the things that we would like to do that we think they have the answers for all their problems, the old ones and the new. Then we have the dancers and musicians and people with a great voice, and they sing their song, and we follow like we have no choice. We get a piece of our hero, you know, a, a jersey, an autograph, or a DVD, and we think it'll solve our problems, but we're just too blind to see. Some choose more wisely when it comes to their hero. They may pick somebody who started their life from zero, but they rose to great heights and moved us in the right direction. And some of them overcame great poverty or ailments or dereliction. They've made great discoveries and set men free. And the truth is, we're better off, you and me. Some rose to great fame while advancing their cause, and others, well, and they decided to stay in the background and avoid the applause. Maybe your heroes are real-life warriors, or parents, or teachers, or friends. You know, those people that have stuck by you all the way to the bitter end. All of our heroes gain our admiration in some sense, some from their real accomplishments, and others from pretense. But the question that rises is, where is the line? Because the difference between admiration and worship is really fine. Do we admire or worship those that we've chosen to follow? And if it only involves men and women, then let's face it, it's really pretty hollow. But you say, oh, I know where you're going and what you're trying to do. And then you give me that church answer. Oh, I follow the one that's true. But the question isn't just, do we worship somebody that we should only admire? Because the consequences of that would be really dire. But there's still another task. Do we only admire somebody who should be worshiped? That's what should be asked. While we can admire many, we should only worship one. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one true Son. Do we only admire our Lord and Savior, or do we worship his name?
because admiration and worship are not the same. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, we do love you. Uh, Father, we thank you for the blessings that you poured out on us. More than anything, we thank you for the blessing of your son. We thank you for your love. Father, we just ask that uh, as you help us to love you more, that that entails us moving past our admiration and moving into worship. Lord, I ask that you, uh, that you move uh, with the message that you've, uh, that you've given and that you, uh, you do as you would. Father, we love you. In your son's name, amen. Uh, today, we're going to continue the series on Jesus Is. Uh, before I go any further, you know, bottom line is the video could pretty much stand alone as my sermon today. You're not that lucky. That's not happening. Uh, you know, I don't get this chance often. I'm not going to uh, <laughs> let it go at four minutes. Sorry. Uh, the video, by the way, uh, if it weren't for my daughter, that video would not be up there. Uh, she was up until two this morning editing that thing. Um, and a lot of people helped just to get it to where we could put it on today. Uh, the videos that we do show, it never ceases to amaze me how much work has to go into making just a short, simple video. And that's one of those things that too many times we, we take for granted. We see so much TV and so many things, we, we, have, we just take for granted the work in, that goes on behind that. And so either to thank or to blame, I, I don't know which, that's up to you, but that, feel free to express that to my daughter. Uh, it also gets, she takes the good and the bad on that, so that works good for me. Uh, the uh, Memorial Day, Memorial Day, a day that was actually created just after the Civil War to honor soldiers that had fallen in the war. And... It's progressed. We now honor anybody who died while they're in military service, and, and rightfully so. Whether it was in battle, in conflict, during wars, during peacetime, uh, really, I mean, let's face it, that doesn't matter. They, they sacrificed their lives. They put themselves there uh, for us, and we appreciate that. And so tomorrow's the day to, to take a look at them and, and to think back on them and to honor them. Uh, but uh, as the whole Memorial Day thing was, was going through my mind, I got to thinking about heroes, and just heroes, and thinking about, okay, so who were my heroes growing up? And who were, who were your heroes? Uh, who were they uh, when you were younger, or who are they even, even now? So this is what I want you to do. Uh, phone number on the screen. I want you to text me. There it goes. I want you to text me your heroes, either when you were little or now. doesn't matter, but text me who your heroes were or are, and we'll take a look at that in just a second, okay? Now, we like to have our heroes. Now, we, we always have. We really like to have them. It doesn't matter if they're real or if they're not so real. Uh, we like to have them. For example, Avengers. How many of you saw the Avengers? Good flick. Good flick, right? Now, I will admit, when I was little, I really did like Thor. 
And I loved running around the house with the claw hammer trying to stamp out evil. My sister wasn't real fond of that idea because as far as I was concerned, she was number one on the list of evil. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but she lived through it. She's okay today. I mean, she's not damaged too much, uh, at least not by me. Uh, you know, it's, I, just love, I don't know what it was about running around with a hammer, but I loved running around with that hammer. Uh, so let's uh, get, get some of these here in a second. Um, some other heroes when I was little. I was talking to Butch about this earlier because well, most of the rest of you aren't going to have a clue. Uh, Johnny Weissmiller. How many of you know who Johnny Weissmiller was? That's two more than I thought. <laughs> Johnny Weissmiller was actually an Olympic gold medal winner in swimming, better known as Tarzan. Uh, and, then a, and, and then a little later on, in the, in the 40s and 50s, he was Jungle Jim. Uh, man, I loved that. I would get up, and you young I mean, you got 24-hour TV now. Used to, TV came on at 6, went off at midnight. Until in between, there was a test pattern. I would wake up on Saturday mornings and watch the test pattern, waiting for Tarzan or Jungle Jim to come on. Uh, then we got Roy Rogers. I know surely more of you have heard of Roy Rogers. Probably never seen. How many of you have ever seen a Roy Rogers Western? Oh. They were there. Okay, how about this? Spider-Man and Superman. We there? All right. Uh, they were okay. Spider I was a big Superman fan, but Batman was okay. Let's see what... Uh, this should be interesting. Let's see... What we have here, uh, I was a Superman fan, Professor Xavier and my daddy. I hope those weren't all the same. <laughs> I don't know, it might be pretty cool, but I don't know. Uh, Paul Pierce, Toby Mack, John Elway, Johnny Cash, and Deadpool. Floyd Lambert, when I was little. C.S. Lewis. My daddy. Wonder Woman and She-Ra. And that was John Mundy. No, just kidding. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, Julie Davis and Julie Mundy are my heroes today. Amazing Spider-Man, and then Jesus now. My big brother, Wonder Woman and my mom, Audrey Murphy and Papa. My dad is my hero, my dad, Bill Robertson. See if I'm missing any of these here. Uh, hard to read when they keep bopping around on me here. Uh, Travis Pastrana. Jeremy McGrath, Michael Jordan, Kirk Hammett. New kids on the block, and you admitted that. Wow. <laughs> wow. That took some guts. <laughs> blocking that phone number. Uh, <laughs> Ted Decker. Ooh. Uh, Kelly Christopher. <laughs> Zena. That was my daughter. She says that was my fault. <laughs> 
So we got a lot of heroes, a lot of heroes coming in, okay? Uh, they did a study a couple of years ago on teenagers in the U.S., and they found out that over half of the teenagers in the U.S. today don't list anyone as a personal hero in any form or fashion. Of the ones that did, Spider-Man and Superman were listed twice as often as any historical figure. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Lincoln, any historical figure, you know, Superman and Spider-Man more than doubled them. Over half of the ones who did have a hero listed an athlete, an athlete, a musician, or some type of entertainer. And are you ready for this? One out of ten, ten percent, as their hero, they listed the winner of American Idol. Wow. That's today's heroes. Uh, but why do we even have heroes? Is there even a need to have them? Uh, is there a reason behind it? What, what do our heroes say about us? Do they say anything about us? Well, the answer to that is yes, they do, actually. Well, they say a lot about us. Our heroes are <laughs> basically define a lot of our ideals. We can take a look at our heroes and see what a lot of the core of our own beliefs and strength and ideals are. Courage, justice, truth, honor. Seen in a high squeaky voice for the new kids on the block. I don't know. But yeah, it's, they tell a lot about us. They also show where our dreams are, what our aspirations are, what it is we want to excel to be in what areas. They're sort of symbols for us. You know, there's a lot of difference uh, between uh, our thought of human excellence, between somebody who chooses, say, Martin Luther King Jr. as a hero and somebody who chooses Snooky. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> yeah. But it does tell a lot about us. Okay. Now, what about the Bible? Are the heroes in the Bible? Yeah. Yeah, there are a bunch of heroes in the Bible. Uh, you got people like uh, Noah, Moses, uh, Joseph, Gideon, Joshua, one of my favorites, Samson, can't figure out why, Daniel, David, Mordecai, Joseph of Nazareth, Paul. I mean, there's, there's a ton of others. And when I Googled heroes in the Bible, of course, I got a bunch of websites right, and I'm hitting a bunch of them. And I didn't count it up exactly, but it seemed to me like about half of them left out the main one, Jesus. Jesus. Shouldn't he be a hero? So here's the next question. Do you admire, do we admire our heroes? Okay. Or do we worship our heroes? Because there's a big difference in admiration I won't say a big difference, but there's a, a distinct difference. Uh, there, there's a thin line, but it, it's still a big deal between admiration and worship. So where's the line between admiration and worship? What's the difference? What's the difference in whether we admire somebody or we worship somebody? Admiration involves, I guess, an appreciation. Okay, We appreciate someone for uh, what they can do, maybe a skill they have or who they are, or what they've become, or, or what they've accomplished. We appreciate that. We wish 
that we could sort of do what they do or be like they are. It's sort of almost a, I guess, a, it's almost a positive form of envy in a way, if that makes sense. Uh, it involves respect. Now, respect is one of those words that a lot of people throw out and don't actually know the meaning of the word, but the actual meaning of the word is to honor, to show honor. And so when we admire somebody, we, we respect them, we, we honor them, we appreciate what they do, we, a little bit of envy in there that we'd like to be like them or, or have that skill or be able to do that. So what's the difference between admiration and worship? Worship is admiration on steroids or admiration on meth. It is jacked up. It goes way beyond. It is full-blown appreciation. It is not just, ah, yeah, I'd like to be a little bit like that. It's what can I do to be like that? I can't be that person, obviously, but I want to get as close to being that person as I possibly can. I can't be Jesus. But if I worship Jesus, if I go beyond admiring Jesus, then I want to be as close to being like Jesus as I can. It's a full-out, blown-out, blown-up love. It's being obsessed with being there. It's not just, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that sometime, or I'll get around to that. It dominates our thought. What about love? How many of you, well, don't even raise your hand on this, because all of you pretty much have. You've heard the phrase of, man, I love them so much, I, you know, or they love them so much, they worship the ground they walk on. Right? Pretty common phrase, right? Well, really, is that literal? Is it literal? Well, no, I mean, I would love to go to Israel. would love to go to Israel sometime for one reason only. I want to walk in the same places where my Lord and Savior walked. Now, when I get there, am I going to fall down on the ground and kiss the dirt and worship that little spot of dirt that I think Jesus may have stepped on? No, I'm not going to literally worship the ground that he walked on, but... Everybody that I've known that has gone to Israel and walked in those places and been to those places talk about how overwhelmed they are just by being where Jesus was because it gets us just a little bit closer to what it was actually like and what he's actually like. Worship kicks in a whole other level of something else too. Devotion. Devotion, being committed being sold out, committed, this is it right here. Admiration doesn't have that type of devotion. Maybe a little hint of it, but not that type. Not that type. Now, make sure we understand something here. The Bible tells us of a lot of people that we should admire. Those people that we put up on the screen a few minutes ago and, and a bunch of others that did very admirable things, great things, but it says we should only worship one. Paul is not to be worshipped. The Bible says that we're supposed to worship the creator, not the created. It's a really important thing. We worship one and one only. In Matthew, Christ had gone into the desert to spend 40 days out in the desert fasting and praying. 
And at the end of 40 days of fasting, can you imagine 40? I can't imagine 40 days of fasting, period, especially in the desert. You know that you have to be exhausted, weak, famished. You know that you are at your most vulnerable point. And there was Satan. Satan came to tempt Christ. And in these temptations, one of the things that, that he said to Christ, one of the ways of the temptations was in uh, Matthew 4, 8 and 10. We'll bring that up. And it says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The very first, Ten Commandments, right? The very first Ten Commandments. The very first of the Ten. Deuteronomy 5, 7 says, You shall have no other gods before me. Nothing before me. You don't worship anything before me. This is it. I am it, is what God was saying. That's who we're supposed to worship. See, the big question is, and we have several big questions that want to pop up here, and these are questions that we really need to take some time, and I'm talking individually here. Sometime this week, today, tomorrow, sometime this week, need to stop. Each of us need to ask ourselves these questions and, and be held to an honest answer, not just to myself, but to God as well. I'm not going to fool God. I'm not going to lie to him and him buy my garbage. I mean, but we have to be very open and honest about it. Here's some questions that we have to ask ourselves. Do I, or we, do I only admire Jesus Christ? I can believe in him. I can follow him. I can serve him. I can come to church every Sunday. I can do all this stuff. But do I worship him or do I only admire him? And it may be a real strong admiration. But that's not what he's asking for. Or do I actually worship Jesus Christ? Which one of those do I do? Do I worship anyone or anything else? You know, I want to say no. start looking around the house and I don't know if that's true. You start seeing things from my favorite sports teams. Start doing a lot of other things. You know, you have to ask yourself, do you worship Christ if you will drop a thousand dollars just to have the rights to buy UT season tickets? Then plus the money for the tickets, but when an offering comes around, we won't give anything to help the poor and minister to others. What am, what am I worshiping? Do I put anyone or anything before Christ? Wow. Wow. To be blatantly truthful. I have a lot of people gone this week on, on vacation, and there's nothing wrong with going on vacation. I do hope those people take some time and spend with God today and don't leave God out of their vacation. That doesn't bother me in the least. What really does bother me is the number of people today that didn't get to go on vacation 
They're not real happy about it. So they decide to go and skip church and head to the lake. Who created that lake? Who created those trees, that sky, those clouds, that sun? Are we worshiping nature, the created, or are we worshiping the creator? And I love to be outside, but it should be about the creator, not the created. There are many that deserve our admiration. There's only one that deserves our worship. I want to close today by, this is a little odd, but I guess, but by actually reading a Facebook status. This is the Facebook status of a, of a friend of my daughter's, uh, a young man named Andrew Denny. Uh, this is what he posted as his status. In every story, every book or movie or TV show, you name it, in every story with any sort of really good, happy ending, one of two things happens. Simply put, either the hero ends up with the girl or the hero ends up sacrificing himself for the greater good. And I always hate that there can't be both. It doesn't quite seem fair that you can only have one ending. Either the ultimate good of the hero laying down his life to save others from evil, or the joy and happiness that a love story brings. Except at the cross. Only once in all of history have the two endings been united in the most ultimate way. When Jesus Christ bore the cross at Calvary, he died for you and me and everyone else on this earth to save us from the hopelessness and despair of our sin and the wrath of the punishment we deserve. In the same instant, he rescued and won the hand of his bride. And she will never be separated from him, never lack the love and security she needs, and always be his completely. That's why he's my favorite hero, and that's why he's my king. Here's the bottom line today. Do you admire Jesus? Do you worship Jesus? Jesus is worthy of more than our admiration. Jesus is worthy of our worship. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Father, we ask your forgiveness if we've been guilty of admiring you and not worshiping you. Please forgive us. Father, help us to love you enough more and more each day and love you enough to worship you. Whether it's sitting in church on a Sunday morning, lifting up our voices and, and, and know that we're not just regurgitating words that are on a screen, but we're actually singing that song to you because we believe and we feel and we honor you and we believe the words that we're singing to you because we want you to know how we feel towards you. 
Father, you put the two together. You gave the ultimate sacrifice and won the girl. Your bride, the church. And we're part of that, Father. We thank you for that. We can never be separated from you and we just... Father, please forgive us when we just admire you. Father, I ask that whether it's a church or anywhere else, as we go, we know that worship isn't just here on Sunday morning. It's, it's full time. It's all the time. Father, I ask that you bless Ridge Community Church with a body of sold-out believers who don't just admire you, but all out worship you. These things we ask in your son's name. Amen. My name is Bobby, one of the pastors here at Ridge Church, and we come to the point of our service we call the Time of Giving. Yeah. It's all right to clap for that. Hey, we, um, you know, tomorrow is Memorial Day, and for, for a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we look at Memorial Day and say, well, it's, you know, it's that three-day holiday that we get. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of get excited about that. Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all, but just like you saw in the video, uh, we do want to um, make sure that we thank uh, all of those that are currently serving as well as those who have served previously in the military. So can we just give them a hand? Because I know that we got some here. So thankful for those, and, and it's it's appropriate that you know that we were talking about heroes and uh, the men and women that have served our country. I mean, they're they're heroes that that we admire. I, one of my really good friends, um, who uh, about five or six years ago, uh, he gave his life serving our country uh, in Iraq, and. Uh, 
I mean, I, I admire him. You know, I admire him so much. I admire him for uh, the man that he was and, and what he did for the gospel. He, he used to uh, he used to have his parents send over Bibles, little New Testament Bibles, and he would take everything out of his pack and stuff his pack instead of with water and the things that he was supposed to have in there he would stuff his pack with bibles and so when he would be out on patrol and things like that he would actually give out bibles to uh, the iraqi people as he was walking through uh, the different towns and things like that and so i, I admire that i think that's that's amazing and the, the thing is is that when we tomorrow is memorial day and so we should take a minute you know, tomorrow, and, we, and just like the video said, we should take a minute and just ask God to bless those that are currently serving. Ask God to protect those that are currently serving. Thank God for those that have already served and those that have given their lives for the freedom that we have in our country. But at the same time, we should think about the risk. Because one of the things that they do day in, day out, it doesn't matter if they're in a foreign country fighting or if they're here. I mean, they, they have risked something. They, they have given more than, than, than some of us will, will ever be able to give. But they, they are risking something on a, on a daily basis. And, and here's the thing. Many of us think about money and we think about our finances and we think about giving to the local church. We think about it sometimes as a risk. And we think about it in terms of, well, it's risky because if I give, then what if, we ask that question, we say, what if I don't have enough for fill in the blank. And so we look at it. It's risky because like, if I give, maybe I won't have this, or maybe I won't be able to get that, or maybe I won't be able to cover that. And here, here's what I want to say about that. This is the safest risk you will ever take. It's the safest risk you and I will ever take. I used to be there. I used to sit wherever it is that you're sitting. I used to sit in a chair just like you, and the, they'd get up, and we'd do the time of giving or whatever, and I'd, I'd look at, I'd think about my finances. I'd think about my bills. I'd think about the things that, that I have to pay and the things that I want and all that stuff. And I'd think about all that and be like, yeah, but if I give, I'm not going to have enough for whatever. And then I started to think about risk and how what if I just take a risk, just this one time? Let me just risk this. Let me just risk a little bit. Let me, let me just risk it and see what happens. And i got to be honest with you. It's the safest risk that I ever took. And I'm not just telling you that because I'm a preacher. I'm, not tell I, I'm telling you that as a college student who sat right there where you're sitting. I, I'm telling you that as a high school student sitting right there where you're sitting, you know, making like 100 bucks a week or, you know, not even that much. I mean, that, I would have been rich if I would have made that much. But, I mean, like, you know, whatever. And, and so... That risk, it, I'm, I'm telling you guys, it is the safest risk that you will ever take. Many of you today, in just a moment, we're going we're gonna to pass our baskets around in just a second. So you're contemplating, you're thinking about taking that connection card, or you're thinking about taking that envelope and you know, putting something in that. I just, I just want to encourage you that if you've never taken a step to take that risk, maybe you go online. You know, We have online giving here at Ridge Church because we want to make the next step for everybody. We want to make it simple. We want to make it easy. And so you can go to our website and go to richchurchonline.com, click give online, and you can actually give online. Guys, I don't know if you're like me. I don't even know where my checkbook is. I have no idea. My wife has it, I think, I hope. But like, I don't even know where it's at. I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I don't carry cash. And so we actually, we do our giving online. We, get, we go to the website and, and do our giving online. It's safe and secure. But maybe, maybe in, the, in a minute, the baskets are going to come around and you're thinking about, you know, should I do that? Should I, should I give? 
But let me leave you with this verse because this, is, this sums up exactly what Rusty was saying as Jesus as the hero. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus and right before the famous John 3.16, Jesus is having this conversation with this guy, Nicodemus. And, and this is what he says to him. Nicodemus is asking a lot of questions. He's asking, should I or should I not believe? Should I or should I not risk Jesus? Jesus has an answer for him and he says this. He says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. It's the safest risk you'll ever take, whether it be believing in Christ or trusting your finances to the church, to God, to Jesus, for his kingdom, for his honor, for his glory. It's not even a risk. We can't even, we can't even call it that. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you, God. We thank you so much for all that you've done here today. We thank you for Rusty's message, God, and, and speaking to us through um, the scripture, God. You are the hero. God, you are the main character. You are the point. You are the reason. God, and we thank you so much that you gave your life as a sacrifice so that we could look up to you, God. Not just look up to you, God, but give our lives to you so that you may use that to honor, to glorify, and to advance your kingdom. Father, we love you. We pray that you take what is given here today. God, we pray that it blesses you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand up as